Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our second episode in the beautiful month of June. And welcome to summer, everybody. It finally feels like summer and it officially is summer. Our first summer podcast of 2022. And the fishing has certainly responded as the weather has heated up. We're getting some great reports and we're going to Include those reports in this podcast. This is going to be one of our traditional style fishing report podcasts. We're going to be joined by three guests on today's program. First off will be MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Next up will be Sam Mullen from down behind the counter at the beautiful Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. And last but not least, our good buddy Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi is going to take time out of his day and check in with us. So as always, we got a great lineup on today's podcast, so let's dive right in. Well, as promised, our first guest on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is none other than MFCC founder and creator, Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you doing on this beautiful day? It is a beautiful day, Kevin. I'm doing great. And how are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, I understand you're out on the water. Sure am. I'm out here on Cape Cod Bay, a little bit of a... Southeast breeze blowing across the bay right now, but it's a beautiful day. The waves are less than one foot, and this morning it was like a pond out here. It was really fantastic. Yeah, that's the beauty of that, you know, south-southwest summer wind inside Cape Cod Bay. It can be blowing, you know, 15 to 20 sometimes. I can hear it in the background of your phone, but it's still pretty pretty calm out there. Yes, and it would be the opposite on many summer afternoons over at Buzzard Bay and in the sounds. You get that southwest wind that kicks up, and it can get pretty nasty over there. But yes, you're right, over in Cape Cod Bay, that southwest wind, nice and protected here. And then it, it flips around, as you know. We get a breeze out of the north. Cape Cod Bay gets pretty nasty, but the sounds in Buzzards Bay is a bit more protected from that north wind. And it's just another benefit of Cape Cod. You can usually find some place to go boating or fishing, no matter the weather. So let's talk about your morning. I know you've been out there since uh, pretty early. Give us a walkthrough of what you've been doing out there. Yeah, I launched uh, just before sunrise, and I headed over to the western part of the bay. I saw one school of pogies right off the bat, but that was it. And I I did find some fish out in very deep water, 100 feet of water. And I picked some up trolling X-Raps and Magic Swimmers. I was trolling the X-Raps on braided line and the Magic Swimmers on three to four colors of lead core line. Probably had a half dozen hits all together. Landed two fish. First one was 32 inches. Second one was more like 36 inches. And again, I had some really nice hits. I marked some nice schools of fish. And then I got a call from you, and I went in and picked you up. But by the time we got back out to the spot, the the fish had moved on, unfortunately. But it was still nice to see you this morning, Kevin. Nice to see you and your dog, Brady. Yeah, it was was great to be aboard. I'm sorry we brought the, uh, the skunk to you, unfortunately. That's all right. I got my fill before I picked you up. But as you know, there have been some schools of pogies in the bay, 
and if you can find them, the fishing can be pretty good. But those things move, and it's pretty hit and miss, the whole pogey thing, at least in my history of fishing the pogey school. Sometimes you get one day where it's lights out, and then you go back to the same spot the next day, and the pogies have moved on, and so have the rest of the life. But there are plenty of pogies around. If you can find them, the fishing can be pretty good. And, and speaking of pogies, I know, you know, as these adult pogey schools move into to Cape Cod Bay and, and really everywhere this time of year, it brings a lot of life with it, right? We, we've seen whales inside Cape Cod Bay, uh, you know, heard reports of whales smashing pogies up on the surface. Uh, and I've also heard reports of, of tuna on these pogies as well. I know you did a tuna trip earlier this week. Is that correct? I did. On June 21st, we did a trip south of Martha's Vineyard. We had some intel that there was life down there. We did not have intel that tuna had been caught. We had some intel that tuna had been seen. But we figured, hey, you know what, we're going to give it a shot. Maybe we can make our own report. So we headed down there, and we covered 140 miles of water south of the vineyard. And we saw plenty of whales. We saw humpback whales. We saw minke whales, dolphins, plenty of bait, but no tuna. We might have seen a small school pushing water, but that was it. So, you know, the stage is set down there, that's for sure. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, things have changed. But as of uh, June 21st, it was kind of uh, lifeless down there as far as tuna are concerned. Now, I know staying on the, the topic of tuna, Captain Cullen Lundholm of, of Cape Star Charters, he's been doing all of our group trips for My Fishing Cape Cod. I understand he's got some more tuna trips on the horizon here in late June. Yes, on June 27th in particular, we're going to switch over and start doing some giant tuna trips east of the Cape. Completely different type of fishing than south of the vineyard. And if you've never fished east of the Cape, it's an experience. It really is. There's a good chance that you got to see humpback whales bubble feeding, which is really quite the sight. And Captain Cullen has a nice network of people that he talks to, and he can usually get us on the bite. So that June 27th trip, if you are listening to this, if you'd like to come, we actually have a couple of openings on that trip. The rest of them are all sold out for the rest of the season. But that June 27th trip, if you're interested, you can go over to myfishingcapecod.com. Just do a search for group trips in the little search box at the top of the site, and you should be able to find the blog post in the link where you can sign up. So hopefully we'll have some good luck with the giant tuna starting later this month and early into July. But, um, yeah, yeah, pretty much all I've heard tuna-wise is, some tunas crashing on pogey schools here and there. I haven't really heard about people catching them consistently just yet, but I'm sure that will change any day now. Now let's talk about, you know, closer to home inshore a little bit. I know there's a lot of canal fishermen that listen to the podcast that are also members of the website. Uh, let's talk about the Cape Cod Canal, Ryan, uh, uh, maybe a brief little canal report or, or what you're hearing in the forum. Well, what I'm hearing is that we need some mackerel. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that there's been some schools of pogies going through the canal. 
but they've been moving quick and they've been kind of taking the fish with them. Mm. They haven't been like staying in the canal. I have uh, seen in the forum a few people reporting that they've caught some fish, but compared to previous years, the activity, at least in the forum with regards to the canal, has been kind of slow, which tells me that. So, you know, based off of what I'm seeing in the forum compared to previous years, it seems like, you know, it's the canal. You always have a chance of catching a striper down there. But it hasn't been gangbusters, you know, blitzes like crazy. I, I really think we need some mackerel to move in. All right. Well, let's talk about the website a, a little more. I know we've got some members still catching plenty of nice fish uh, in Buzzards Bay and Cape Cod Bay and, and throughout the canal. Uh, I want to touch on, on one specific catch here. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, who's a proud MFCC member, caught uh, a 40-inch bass in a weak fish. What is a weak fish, Ryan? Uh, weak fish, also known as a squatigue. And very interesting catch that Jim had, and he reported about it inside the forum. And another member, Billy Mitchell, also caught a squatigue maybe about 10 days ago on Buzzards Bay while black sea bass fishing. So very cool to see those catches. And, you know, like you said, Jim Murphy also caught a nice 40-inch bass recently, yesterday or the day before in Buzzards Bay. So that's really cool to see. Jim's a great guy. He came to Costa Rica with us a few years back. So we've had some pretty good experiences fishing with him. And it seems like there are definitely some some big fish in Buzzards Bay, but I don't know if they're going to, you know, make their way into the canal or, or what. Seems like I'm hearing about more big bass being caught in Cape Cod Bay, Buzzards Bay, and out by the rips, but not so much in the in the ditch itself. Hmm. Uh, we also had Todd Holden, who's catching plenty of scump and fluke from shore, which is very interesting. You know, fluking from shore, I, my eyebrow goes up a little bit. That's that's pretty cool. It is really cool, and I've spoken with Todd about this in the past. It's something that he really enjoys doing every year is taking the ultralight spinning setups and fishing places with current in Buzzards Bay. And I'd imagine you could do the same along the south side of the Cape inlets in particular with very small scented soft plastics and jigs. We're talking like one eighth of an ounce jigs, ultralight freshwater gear. And he's caught some really nice scup. Like, really nice scum, really nice fluke as well. So, yes, usually when we're talking about fluke, especially with, you know, Bruno, we're, he's going out to the shoals southeast mm. of the Cape, miles offshore, to catch those keeper fluke. But on the under, other end of the spectrum, we've got Todd, who's been posting in the forum about the fluke that he's been catching from shore. So you don't need a big boat or anything to catch fluke. You just got to know where to go, you know, those inlets, those places with current, and using those little jigs, something to uh, consider. And I, I hope to kind of get into this as well, because it sounds like a lot of fun using, like, super light stuff and, and catching those fish. So just another great example of the forum and the very diverse range of fishing activities that are available that members are posting about. I never would have thought to do that had I not seen posts about it inside the forum. So I'm constantly learning. You know, another thing I just saw in the forum recently, 
I can't remember which member posted about it, but I think like five days ago, somebody caught a 24-inch tautog mm. in Cape Cod Bay. So another idea right there. Um, you know, we, we usually talk about tautog early in the season, late in the season, above the bay, but here's a member who caught a monster tautog in Cape Cod Bay. So just another cool thing to think about. Well, Ryan, I know you're still out on the boat pecking away out there, you know, looking for some potential stripers, maybe trying to poke into a flounder or two, checking out some spots. So I'll let you get back to it. But thank you for checking in with us today. My pleasure, Kevin. I am going to continue poking around here. I would love to catch a few flounder. I'm going to try to figure out the flounder thing today. Maybe um, bring home some meat for the table. We'll see how it goes. Well, tight lines out there. Talk to you soon. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Sam Mullen from down behind the counter at the Goose Hummock Shop in beautiful Orleans. Sam, it's a beautiful day down there, isn't it? It's absolutely gorgeous. I was out. I wish I was out there fishing right now. Yeah, I was fortunate to get out this morning inside Cape Cod Bay, and it has been a, a beautiful stretch of weather. A little bit of wind here and there, you know, that summer breeze from the south southwest, but nothing really to complain about. No, no, it's been it's been good, and then uh, some southeast to bring in too, and some cooler temps. It's been nice. So, what's been kind of the scuttlebutt in the shop? I'm I'm hearing reports. You know, there's stripers, definitely larger size. You know, this year than in the past couple of years inside the bay. What have you been hearing? Yeah, absolutely. This year for stripers has been solid. Uh, you know, if you can get into some really deep, deep water um, around the Barnstable sandwich area and, and work yourself with, uh, trolling X wraps or live line of mackerel or, you know, get into that deep water or trolling sabils. It, it's, it's really good. You can find it, definitely find your 40 plus inch fish for, you know, very nicely. Now, are you talking like 50 feet or are you talking out in the middle of yeah. the bay? Yeah. Between 50 and 90 feet Got it. Uh, is, is definitely like the strike zone. Uh, it's been very good. Um, and then, uh, as you go up to uh, P-Town and Turo area and Wood End and Race Point, that's been a lot of slot fish, but a hell of a lot of fish. Lots of fish. Nothing crazy big, but you'll be catching a lot of them. Which, so it's good. There's a lot of fish in the bay. Yeah, that's been good to hear. You know, the P-Town thing, I'll say like 10 years ago, especially this time of year, late June, up on top, especially in the morning, used to be kind of a sight to behold. And maybe we're working our way back toward that. Uh, it's an area that I haven't explored yet so far, Sam. So what are you hearing about that P-Town area? Yeah, it's definitely uh, like all the slot fish. and there, uh, There's mackerel around, but there's also some pogies coming around. But it's mostly just been on sand eels with uh, vertical jigs. And then there's been a great topwater bite. But the topwater bite is nothing like what it was on previous years and on the full moon. You'd go up there on a full moon, and I feel like you'd catch 40 to you know 50 inches. And now it's mostly... 28 to, you know, mid-30s, like, nice slot fish. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of them around, though, so it's just great. Now, I know there's a lot of folks that listen to the podcast that also come in the goose that like to fish around, say, Nosset, the National Seashore, uh, beaches in that direction. What are you hearing about in terms of surf casting in that area? Have fish made it around there yet? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, come and go with Nosset. Um, I'm kind of waiting for a little bit of warmer temps in July to hit with that with, uh, or maybe the end of the month with the new moon and then the full moon in July. It's, uh, you know, mid-moon, it's just kind of, it hasn't been that great off Nosset. Sure. Um, it's been picking pick and choose, but and then um, as you go up farther a little bit north, there's been a few beaches that have been solid up in, uh, you know, Wellfleet, Tro area. It's been 
been better than Nosset. You know, Nosset's been pretty quiet so far this year. Now, one thing we talked a lot about, you know, late May into the first part of June, are sea bass. Are they still kind of sticking around? Are folks still targeting them? Yeah, slowly, slowly, you know, they're starting to starting to move on from the sea bass. Mm. Um, but, you know, as you go into the shoals, too, you can always find sea bass as well. You know, if you uh, go into, you know, McBlair or Orion or, you know, and uh, with Great Round Shoal and Handkerchief, Handkerchief always has those, too, you know, so you can still get them. Um, you know, absolutely. Um, it's just uh, people are really moving on to stripers now, especially in the rips with the stripers. So it's been a lot of nice fish caught so far this year in the, in the rips and the stripe with stripers. Yeah, it's good to hear. You know, Monomoy is definitely come alive here. Are there any bluefish out there as well mixed in, or are yeah, there any there bluefish anywhere? Blue, there have been some blues. Yep, yep. Nothing crazy, but there have been blues. Yep. Well, that's good to hear too. And I know you know Phil and, and Team Goose are, are very passionate about the offshore game. Uh, you know the beautiful boat that Phil and the Goose Hummock have access to. Have you guys been out tuna fishing, or has Phil been tuna fishing? Not yet. Hopefully next week. Uh, Phil's just coming back from Florida actually tomorrow. Great. And uh, he's going to be getting geared up. I'm actually about to do his reels this afternoon, splice on some top shots, and get ready. And I think. Uh, Next uh, next uh, day that we can get a nice weather window next week, we'll probably go be going tuna fishing. Yeah, and I'll give you a second to talk about you know the splicing of the uh, the top shots. I think I was cruising around on Instagram the other day, and I saw I don't know if it was you Sam or somebody else doing a demo with Phil on your Instagram channel about splicing line, and that was really interesting. Yeah, that was uh, I did that with Phil. It's uh, we're promoting uh, doing back splice loops, so they're easy to replace on your boat if. Uh, you know, if you're trolling uh, south of the vineyard or canyons or, you know, crab ledge or wherever you're trolling with, uh, you know, with an 80-pound holocore and 80-pound mono or 130 and 130, it's nice that Moy Diamond offers a uh, little pony spool of 100 yards. And on that pony spool, it's 100 yards of mono, and then there's a uh, backsplice loop with holocore. So then on your main line, you, you backsplice a loop, and then you cat pot with the loop-to-loop connection and there you go it's an easy fix and you can get back to fishing in those coils i think that you were using those were like 50 bucks so you know kind of short money to bring out on the boat very affordable and easy too you know easy storage it's great yeah they don't take up any space that was really interesting you know the goose hummocks always putting out stuff on you know the instagram channel and i think you guys and, and phil in particular he does a great job of involving kind of everybody in the shop, gives them a chance to get on the Instagram channel and kind of showcase their skills. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, a, it's a great time in the shop, and we have a lot of fun trying to do, promote it on social media. It's a good time. So in terms of you, Sam, before I let you go, kind of what's on the horizon for, for you? We haven't caught up in a while. What fishing are you looking forward to doing now that we're in the summer? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new moon coming up, and uh, I'd really like to uh, maybe try some eels at night from a boat. Or and then I'm waiting, just kind of waiting on that backside bite for uh, surf casting, and then uh, also I'd really like to try to try to go for some giant bluefin is what I really like to do. Probably go check out around the backside and work my way up and see how it goes. And last but not least, let's check in on the store. Can you give us our you know the updated summer hours and maybe anything exciting you know that's going on in the store? Anything new that you've gotten in recently? Oh uh, yeah, no. We uh, so we're uh, eight to six Monday through Saturday, and then eight to four on Sundays, and then uh, actually from July second to the third, down the outdoor center, we're running a demo day to test out any kind of kayak you want, which is nice for the fishing kayaks. You can bring in your gear, you can put it in there, test ride the kayak, see if you like it or not. It's going to be a great time, you know. Really be able to 
uh, test out some new kayaks from uh, Old Town. They're, they're beautiful. The PDLs uh, in the 10, 106 and the 120s, they're wicked nice for fishing. They're great. They're, they're uh, very handy. Yeah, love love the old towns. And you mentioned the second and the third that's going to be going on? Yep, that's the second and the third, yep. And the, I'm guessing the fourth, you guys are probably closed up for the day. No, we're open. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're only closed for two days out of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Phil's always got you guys on the grind. Yeah, we're always getting after it. All right, well, appreciate you taking the time to check in with us today, Sam, and hopefully we can catch up with you again on another podcast this summer. Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Tight lines. Well, up next on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And Bruno, how are you on this beautiful day? I'm doing great, Kevin, here on sunny Cape Cod. Great place to be this time of the year. Yeah, it certainly is. Late spring, early summer, you can't beat it. And Bruno, you and I have been texting this week. I've been very jealous. You've got a chance to get out on the water a couple times. Yeah. I uh, I went out actually three or four times now, but uh, good to be back on solid land. Although I like land creatures less than I like sea creatures, and uh, just getting back to the groove of things on land. But yeah, we spent plenty of time on the water. Well, Bruno, let's head back to Tuesday. I know you were on your beautiful boat, the Gaviota, and you went out and you did an afternoon trip targeting fluke and striper. How did that turn out? It went out, it came out pretty good. Um, we, it was more of a exploratory trip for Fluke uh, because I didn't want to go all the way down to Davis Shore. So I stuck to my normal stomping grounds around Big Round Shoal and Blair Shore. And uh, just to see if by chance the Fluke had gotten there yet. Um, I had tried this trip last year on the 16th and there was so Still a very small fluke, and it wasn't a great trip. This year, I tried it again on the 21st, I believe it was, and um, and the fluke just weren't there yet. The water temperature was still cold, so uh, after trying that for a little while, uh, we decided to head back up north towards Monomoy, and we found a complete biomass of striper all slot fish in the 28 to 34 inch class um just an absolute biomass birds on top of them there's no one around us it's about four to five footers out there and it was just you know mayhem striper fishing casting into them um lures flying all over the place luckily no one got hooked (laughs) Um, but we, we, you know, hooked and landed about 10 fish. Um, we harvested a couple for the table, uh, but it was just lights out striper fishing and we left them there biting. Mm. I mean, they were just all over the boat. Just one of those days, you know? Yeah. It was, was, yeah, it was great. And Bruno, I've had the pleasure of fishing the rips with you before in the Gaviota. Were you throwing all kind of soft plastic topwater stuff or what was working the best? So what's interesting, since the last time I spoke about striper and monomoy, they were on squid. And what's great about striper when they're on squid is they, they love hitting bigger stuff and you can, you can pretty much throw anything at them and they're going to hit it mm. because the striper bite's always the easiest to, to, um, 
you know, fool a striper. Although once they switch into sand eels, and, and they did switch into sand eels, um, and I suspected they would because um, last week's trip when we went for striper and we knew they were on squid on our way home, I stopped at Point Rip of Monomoy, and I noticed there was bluefish on sand eels, and I knew there was a matter of time before the sand eels moved in. So once those guys get on sand eels or smaller bait, they do get finicky, so... We ended up throwing some of, um, actually, my cousin Eddie's um, hardtail jigs at them. They're really skinny and green. Those were working. Um, some, uh, you know, some of the uh, paddle tails that are out there, those were working. Anything green and skinny kind of uh, fooled them. Uh, anything big or poppers or anything like that, they just followed it to the boat, but they wouldn't commit. Hmm. That's interesting. Now let's move on to yesterday, Wednesday. I understand you went way offshore. It was quite the adventure. Tell us a little bit about your your experience out there yesterday on Wednesday. Yeah, so so the Gaviota is a great down east boat. Uh, it's not built for speed. It's built for comfort, as you know, Kevin. Totally. Um, so any any time I'm going offshore for for you know, and when I say offshore, I mean to to me like Crab's Ledge. And, you know, Regal Sword, that's not offshore. I'm talking like if you're going to canyons and uh, the claw for it, this is quite a waste for us. So it would take a long time, my boat. So luckily, uh, at the marina, I have enough friends with faster and bigger boats that let me jump on with them. So I jumped on with my buddies at uh, Team Hook'em, and uh, they wanted to take a trip down to south of the vineyard. Um, even though we weren't getting the best reports for schooling tuna down there like it was last year, we decided to give it a try anyway. And um, I got to tell you, it was like, you know, we so we ended up going through the Hooter out south of Martha's Vineyard, out to the Claw. Uh, we went east of the Claw. Um, I looked all over the place and there was... There was a few boats out there. Unfortunately, none of the boats got a tuna fish. Um, there was a lot of whales, which I haven't seen whales like that south of the vineyard in a while. I mean, you see whales a lot in Cape Cod Bay and East Chatham, but typically south of the vineyard, I've, I personally haven't seen whales like this. But there was a ton of whales. There, there is a biomass. I mean, just miles and miles of sand whales out there. Bait, and um, at one point we we had a uh, eight rod spread, and we hooked up on uh, four out of the eight rods, uh, but we quickly could tell it wasn't bluefin tuna, uh, and we ended up pulling up. Kevin, have you ever seen a thirty-six inch bluefish? Oh my goodness! No, I, I can't say, but that I, is the gator of all gators, I, huh? I have never seen. The whole pot of bluefish, they were all 32 to 36-inch bluefish. These things had shoulders on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen bluefish this big. And yeah. And for a second, it tricked us because I actually thought I might have had a tuna on there. But, you know, as soon as you start fighting them a little bit, you could tell something was off. But So we hooked into um, full bluefish at about 36 inches. Which Jeez. Uh, ultimately is not fun. 
I guess for some it could be fun, but for us it wasn't because they tangle you up and everything. So um, that was our trip south of the vineyard. So what I can tell you about that is this. The bluefin are going to get there because they're off Montauk from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a matter of time before they start moving east. The the most recent east-southeast wind we've been getting isn't helping them move as fast. And I'm sure they're sitting on a lot of bait mm. out near Block Island and Montauk. So I suspect that it's a matter of time before they start moving east. I'm going to guess that the next couple days of southwest that we might get uh, at some point next week is going to push those fish right into that area. And when they see all that bait, they're not going anywhere. They're gonna. I'm going to predict that they're going to be there almost all year, you know? Yep. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was another exploratory trip south of the vineyard to see what we could bring back to the reports, folks. So for now, guys, save the gas mm-hmm. um, and hang tight. Wait for some good west-southwest blows. And I'm sure the bite off the vineyard for bluefin's going to pick up, and it's going to be red hot pretty soon. But so gear up when you can. I also understand you, you stopped for fluke on the way in, didn't you? Yeah, so, I mean, we had to make something out of that trip. So we ended up going from south of the vineyard. We looped around Nantucket and went to Davis Shoal, um, which we know, you know, I have some really good spots down there that I know of. So we went to Davis Shoal, and again, that east wind, was pushing a lot of the cold Atlantic into the Nantucket Shoals. Yep. And uh, fluke don't like temperature change like that. That's why they like to sit in those deep little um, spots inside the shoals because they, they don't like that temperature change. They like to have that consistent water temperature around them. And unfortunately, they were pretty dormant. Fortunately, we did limit out on three people. Uh, and we got our share of fluke, but there wasn't any doll mass. I think the biggest one we could find was about 22 inches. Mm-hmm. But so still not not a bad day all around. Sounds like it was quite an adventure. It was quite an adventure. We put a couple hundred miles on the boat and got out there and saw some beautiful sea life, had a good time, and uh, came home with some nice fluke. You know? Yep. The last thing I want to check in with you on, Bruno, is just the the dealership. I know you've been out on the water, but you got a great staff at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi uh, watching over the place. Also, a, a, you know, a great staff out in the the repair center. So if folks need to get their car serviced now that people are heading down Cape for the summer, you guys are open and ready to rock and roll. That's right. I mean, uh, we finally just. We're able to restock our new Outlander SUV that I always talk about because we were sold out completely. But we have um, we have several back in stock still available that won't last much longer. So if you're in the market for a SUV fully loaded for eight thousand dollars less than a Toyota or Honda, then you owe it to yourself to come down here and check one of these guys out. All right, Bruno, thanks so much for fitting us into your schedule, my man. I'm so happy that you've been doing a ton of fishing, and I can't wait to get out on the Gavi with you soon. Sounds 
Sounds good. Thank you. My thanks to Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi for taking time out of his day to join us here on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And one thing I noticed in all of our guests today was just the, the genuine level of excitement over how good the fishing has gotten over the past week to 10 days here. The late spring and early summer is an awesome time to be here on Cape Cod and be out on the water. You really have a dealer's choice of different ways and different species of fish to target. So I hope everybody enjoyed today's podcast and got some useful intel out of it. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Sam Mullen from the beautiful Goose Hummock down in Orleans, and last but not least, our good buddy Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And until we chat again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to myfishingcapecod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.